Welcome back to another episode of Coffee with Craner. I'm your host, Lyndon Crane. This is episode 101, and I'm here with Brian Bondi, the co-founder and chief technology officer of Brave Software. And um, he is a mastermind of software developing, um, and he's going to talk a little bit about in a bit what it, what Brave is, is all about. Um, prior to this, he was also a software developer lead at Khan Academy, former senior software engineer at Mozilla Corporation. And when he's not working, he's running. Uh, longest run was in 2022, and maybe he has a longer one since then, uh, but he ran 178 miles. He is also a professional in C++, Python, Rust, Go, C Sharp. I believe that's how that's pronounced, and uh, JavaScript, and, and amongst others. Yep. Um, there's so many great accolades that Brian has and experiences that we're excited to get into. Brian, thanks for being here. Thank you very much, Lennon. Thanks for having me. And uh, I think you're giving me too much credit. You're making me look too good. <laughs> <laughs> and are you impressed that I knew C Sharp? I had to look that up. Yeah, I, I was actually like even say like C hashtag or something. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually was going to before this, but then I uh, researched it and we're, we, we found it out. So um, every show, Brian, I start off with a question relating to coffee. Where in Windsor, Essex, okay. I know you, you grew up here. What would be your favorite place to go to? I have to say my kitchen with my Keurig <laughs> because okay. I work from home. <laughs> uh, and uh, if I run on the treadmill some mornings, for example, I'll just brew a coffee, take it down with me, drink it there. Um, but uh, other than that, probably Starbucks on uh, 22 and Manning. Um, uh, my wife got me kind of uh, addicted to uh, fraps there. So um, okay. we go crap almost every morning as well. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Yeah. Uh, keep it simple. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, before we, we start with uh, talking about your career, how you got to this point that you're at now, um, mm -hmm. can you share more about what is, what is brave software, the brave browser and uh, maybe that. Oh, can you hear me? Okay. Did yeah, I sure. Uh, just so you know, I'm getting a little bit of lag with you when you're when you're talking. So um, if if uh, something sounds a little bit weird, then yeah, uh, it's okay. Though I got the question. Um, so yeah, Brave is a, a suite of products we've been developing for the past eight years, I think. Um, so it includes a browser, um, a search engine, a cryptocurrency wallet, and then a bunch of other services. Um, like we have news, uh, Brave Talk product, which is kind of like a Zoom type product. Uh, VPN uh, and a self-serve ad system as well. Um, the browser itself is the first thing that we developed and uh, the, the biggest as well. Uh, it has uh, pretty close to 58 million monthly active users. So that's like a user that has used the browser at least once in a month and 22 million daily active users. So that's a, a user that uses it every single day. Um, there's uh, 2 million subscribed creators and I'll maybe explain more about what that means later. Um, and I guess the ratio for monthly active users to daily active users is about 2.5 to 3, which is a good ratio. Uh, shows that like a lot of the users are actually engaged in using, using the product. Um, so the browser itself, kind of the whole thing about it is that it's a privacy-based browser. Um, so that's the main selling point, I guess. Um, we block all trackers. And because we block all trackers, that means that there's less CPU that's used, there's less memory that's used, and there's less bandwidth that's used. And um, especially on mobile, those are really important things, and people appreciate the, the savings of those. 
Um, because we're blocking this tracking, we inadvertently also block, block uh, ads uh, often. Um, so for uh, creators like yourself, for example, that want to monetize themselves, um, that would normally get revenue from the ads that we're blocking. We have this uh, cryptocurrency-based system um, where the users can contribute uh, uh, basic attention token that they earn, um, and uh, they can give it, donate it, basically tip it or auto-contribute to the channels that they're, they're watching. Um, so a creator like yourself could go to creators.brave.com and sign up, and that, that's where that 2 million creators um, that metric was from. That's what that means. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. It's uh, it's above my wheelhouse, and um, <laughs> I, I'm still learning. And actually, fun fact, this live stream is being powered by Brave. So, awesome. Perfect. Yeah. I'm, uh, especially my parents, I'm trying to show them the, the difference between Google Chrome versus Brave and Safari and and all the uh, different browsers, the benefits it has. Um, so it's it's it started in 2015, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, and um, the the search engine that I mentioned, um, I believe it's the only uh, independent search uh, index that exists other than Bing and Google. Mm -hmm. uh, there's, for example, you probably heard of uh, DuckDuckGo. Um, in the background, they're just using Bing. Uh, Brave Search is actually an independently built uh, index as well. So That's fantastic. Cool. Can you walk us through how this all started back in 2015? This is a, a massive venture that you took on and it's skyrocketed since then. Sure. So I'll rewind back to 2013, probably <laughs> late 2013. I was at a Mozilla Summit. Um, so Mozilla Summit is like where everyone that works at Mozilla and Mozilla is the company that makes the Firefox web browser. Um, and that's where I worked at the time. Uh, so the summit is uh, 1,600 people get together, all the contractors, all the employees, and they start working together. Um, while I was there, my manager introduced me to a guy named Brendan Ike. Um, so he's the top guy, the founder of, of Mozilla. Um, he's also the guy that created JavaScript and uh, uh, worked on uh, Netscape and, and Firefox as well. Um, it found, founded uh, Firefox. Um, so I was introduced to him. Um, I told him about my work and then his, his comment was like, oh yeah, I don't, I don't think that's very important for, uh, for user growth there. <laughs> so, so he kind of like just shot down my work completely. And I was like all demotivated because I was like a fanboy of, of his. Um, and then later in that week, uh, <laughs> later in that week, um, we were like at the last day of that. Um, and I was already had de decided that I was going to leave for uh, a company named Khan Academy. You might've used it for, um, educational videos before. Yes. Uh, okay, cool. Um, so I did already decide I was going to do that, but, uh, I really wanted to get uh, a picture with Brendan Ike. So it took me like the whole night, uh, to work up the courage to go up to him and ask him for a picture, even though he shot me down about my work. <laughs> um, I just wanted to make sure I got that. I was, I was like, I'm probably never going to see this guy in person again. And, uh, it's a really cool opportunity to be in the same room as him. Um, and spoiler alert, it wasn't the last time I seen him, obviously, <laughs> uh, because I started the comp uh, brave company with him, uh, just a year later. Yeah. So how, how, how did you do that? Right. So you yeah. got shot down. How did you eventually begin to be a co-founder with him in a, a massive company now? Sure. Yeah. Um, so when I was at Mozilla, I did like a ton of work. Uh, I was probably like one of the top people that were uh, pushing out code and fixes and features and uh, performance improvements. Um, and I would always blog about my work. So um, my name got out there. Um, I later learned that I made, um, a spreadsheet that he's maintaining of top talent. Um, so when he wanted to do a new company and a startup, he looked at that and um, he originally contacted me just to be a contractor um, uh, to work on on the, the product. 
Um, but I had a lot of know-how and a lot of ideas that we got to talking um, in emails back and forth. And um, yeah, eventually, uh, probably after like two, three months of talking and several dozen emails, uh, he offered uh, for me to be a co-founder there. And what would you say it was about you that, that got him to eventually listen? Because this is, I think, uh, helpful for young people like myself that perhaps mm -hmm. are looking to get into a certain role, but you know, it's a tough challenge. It's, it's a, it's an uphill, um, battle to eventually speak with the CEO and pitch their idea. What was it about you that really got his attention? Um, well, I think the reason he probably reached out to me originally was just because I, I was, my name was out there. It's, it, it's not really about who, you know, but it's about who knows mm -hmm. you. So if you're not, um, putting your name out there, like, like you do, for example, then uh, people are not going to know to contact you. Um, and also just um, having a consistent record of uh, getting a lot of things done and, and being uh, a workhorse. Um, so like I always tell all the draft reports that I have to always stay close to the work um, because no one's ever going to let go uh, a person that's doing the actual work and like doers are the people that, that drive the companies forward. Um, so just, yeah. Did you have to do anything creative to get his attention at all? Like, um, was there a creative way you approached him in an email or a phone call? Was there some strategy behind it? No, actually, um, there's a longstanding uh, argument between my brother, my brother Joe and I, and he always says like, you need to learn, you need to learn golf and golf's so important because so many business meetings are made when you play golf. And I was just always like, no, it just matters what you know. <laughs> and, uh, it turns out that probably neither of us are right, but um, maybe the, the truth is somewhere in between. Um, but uh, I think just just having a consistent track record and everything that I did was open source and out there and uh, blogging about it. And I think that just is what, what got his attention for him to contact me originally. Um, and then once he did contact me, um, I'm, I'm very good with like written communication a lot better than I am spoken communication. So I was able to kind of um, talk them through the exact how we need to do this, we need to do this, we need to do this, it's going to cost this much, it's going to take this much time, uh, we should contact this person, uh, etc. Um, so then, yeah, and then he just uh, eventually just said, okay, I want to start a company with this guy. And I, I had experience starting companies before this as well. Um, I did one for about 10 years uh, a while ago as well. So, so we did that. Um, and then we got into like things like buying the domain name once we decided to establish the company like brave.com was originally owned by um, a combo band named brave combo uh, um, a polka band sorry named brave combo and so it's brave.com slash bow is how they used it so what i did right away is i went on, on godaddy and i registered bravecombo.com and then i had something to barter with them with and then i, I contacted them and and asked uh, how much is it going to cost i have this domain that i'd like to trade for it and uh, convince them to eventually trade for it. Yeah. Very exciting. And how have you been enjoying things since, uh, 2015 when it all came to be? Uh, love it. It's just, uh, yeah, I'm going on eight years and it's always something new and, um, you start with just two people. Um, and, uh, uh, we never really had trouble hiring and that's probably because Brennan is who, who he is. I, I give him credit for that because uh, everyone knows the creator of JavaScript uh, if you're a programmer, especially. Um, so we have a really great team that we, we got to hire, uh, really early, um, employees are still here today. Um, almost all of them, I would say. Um, and yeah, I mean, 
there's always a new challenge. Um, some, some of the software that we released, we've rewritten several times. Um, people say that it takes like three versions to get uh, a good product out there. And uh, we uh, have at least met that minimum where we just threw out what we once created and rewrote things from scratch. So. That's amazing. And um, what, so your, your role is uh, co-founder, chief technology officer. What is your, your daily uh, work life uh, look like? Yeah, so I get up usually uh, 5 a.m. Uh, I spend about three hours running. Um, uh, that's probably six or seven days a week. Uh, three, three hours? Three or four hours, yeah. <laughs> so, sometimes two hours. I guess two to four, I'll say. Um, wow. And then... Uh, You're built different, Brian. After, yeah. After, <laughs> um, some, some mornings I'll start on the treadmill and I'll um, get the kids to school after that and then maybe do a bike ride or something after that but um and then and then get to work but by 10 I'm, I'm always working every day and uh um so i guess there's like three lives that i live one is the running life in the early morning and then the next one is the work life and then after uh, 5 p.m i'm usually um uh, it's family time basically um and sometimes they blend together but um i, I try to keep those three segments pretty pretty different so is it is it like uh you're in like you're you're managing different product projects that you have on the go or are you are you coding still and developing software yeah i'm still coding uh not as much as i used to but probably still more than i should um so uh coding is my passion i'm a coder at heart uh but but i am uh managing uh i don't know like maybe if, if you include indirect reports to like 70 to 80 people um and maybe like a dozen direct reports so that it's pretty time consuming because you're always getting messages from people um, harder to focus on um, an in-depth like uh, coding problem nowadays. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I still try to do as much as possible. I'm still still always learning. Like I'm learning a lot about uh, AI stuff right now. AI stuff. Could we could we expand on that a little bit? What are you learning in particular? Um, more. I, I knew about like machine learning algorithms, like uh, SVMs and um, different different algorithms like that. Um, more I'm branching out into neural networks. Sorry, give me a second. Sorry about that. Um, I'm branching into neural networks, like convoluted neural networks, recurrent neural networks, um, and uh, just trying to um, get the experience. Like I said, um, you always want to not just learn um, from books. You want to really work with uh, the code when you're a programmer or when you're doing this work with different data sets and try to, um, um, with neural networks, you're prime, you're, you're, you have a, a bunch of input data and you're trying to predict uh, an output target value basically with, with new data that, that uh, the algorithm's never seen before. Well, for all the computer programmers that are watching, they, I, I imagine they're, they're uh, glued to the screen with this, this talk. Uh, like, like I mentioned, I'm, I'm, I'm in sales, so it's a bit different than, than why, what I see on the day to day. Um, I just want to jump into this big picture. Where do you see AI things like chat GPT, the new technology is being released. Where do you see that taking us? Um, so it's definitely going to be disruptive, I would say. Um, there's going to be like a lot of jobs replaced. And the rate at which these, this innovation is happening is, is only increasing. So um, mm -hmm. pretty much to a point where it's a little bit scary. Um, the current models are only trained up to, for example, 2021. But the next set of models that people are going to be releasing will be able to self-train. Um, browse the internet, do actions, um, have plugins with different data sources, um, things like that. 
Um, if you've used like ChatGPT, for example, you've seen um, that it can author papers very well. Uh, it sometimes does make mistakes, um, but uh, um, it, it overall is pretty amazing the, the amount of things that it can do. So um, that, that's probably where I see like the next uh, set of tasks for Brave is to really embrace AI in, in the product. Um, and ideally, um, well, I, I would say it's a requirement is to uh, have the same kind of privacy um, benefits that uh, the other features that we have is because we want to keep it a, a privacy-based uh, company. Mm -hmm. That's fair. No, it's it's uh, exciting to see where it's going to take us. I found uh, AI technology like ChatGPT very beneficial in in, in my uh, in my work. So it's uh, yeah. it creates so many efficiencies, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll give you an example of one one feature that we're adding right now is just um, if you're on any website at all, and let's say you're reading an article on the website, you can open up a sidebar um, and basically you're, you can chat with the web page basically. Um, so it can summarize the web page for you. You can ask it questions. You can ask if it detects any bias in, in the page that you're reading. You can ask it uh, tangentially related questions to the article if you don't understand something and it'll explain it to you. Um, so that's where I really see browsers going is, is um, really helping you consume this content in different ways. And yeah, um, instead of just um, going to the search engine and, and typing a query and getting tangentially related hits, you can just um, reason with it about uh, on the article and explore the topic more. Hmm. That's uh, very impressive for sure. Um, now jumping in a little bit to, you talked about the three segments in your life before work, during work and after work, the before work part, yeah. Um, I want to talk about you being a long distance runner and also a black belt. What has this taught you about life and business? Yeah, I would say um, probably that just you don't need to be the best, uh, the fastest runner, for example, to achieve like the long distances. You don't need to be the smartest person to do well at business. But if you just know how to grind, grind it out and, and know how to put the, the grit in there, um, then you can really go places. Um, there's uh, Malcolm Gladwell's uh, book Outliers. It talks about uh, you need 10,000 hours uh, of something, experience in something before you become an expert at it. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely haven't met that bar for programming, um, maybe a couple times over. Um, but uh, for running, I'm not sure if I have, probably not. <laughs> um, but I don't consider myself an expert in, in either of those things. Um, I think as you learn more, you need to stay hungry and there's always more to learn. And as you learn more, you realize that there's so many different branches of the topic that you're kind of going deep on that uh, you can kind of uh, specialize um, in any different way. And there's always more to learn on different branches of the topic. And where do you think this this work ethic that you have and, and your brothers have as well, where did it come from? Oh, definitely the farm. That's an easy question. So we grew up on a gardening farm. Um, and we worked uh, after school every day, um, and then we worked on weekends as well, um, sometimes even Sundays. Um, and uh, it's it's not it's not easy work. You're on your hands and knees. You're um, carrying things. You're loading trucks. You're um, planting things in greenhouses for hours and hours and hours. Um, and I, I, I attribute, uh, I guess, the ultra running stuff and the mental toughness to just that work probably. Um, and I think any any career that I've done is probably thanks to to the work on, on that farm, I think. 
um, because it's it was sometimes very mind-numbing work you're taking seeds and you're putting them in a tray for like eight hours straight and you're kind of looking at the clock and you're like okay it's only 10 32 and then you look again okay it's 10 34 now <laughs> and you're waiting for the for, for lunch break and you're waiting for for the end of the day um and just like running you don't think about uh um the eight hours ahead of you you just kind of think about okay well how long do I have until the next segment, uh, until my lunch break? And then you just cons consume those smaller parts one at a time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, that's a good way to uh, to break things down. Uh, I imagine, though, because yeah. it was a, your family farm, hopefully your parents were a little bit easy on you. <laughs> yeah. Or is yeah, it the yeah, opposite? Uh, yeah, no, I, I had an easy childhood, I would say, overall. And is there a, a role model that you, uh, besides, besides, uh, Brit, Brendan, Brandon, was there another role model for you? Uh, I like Chris Hadfield a lot. I like his books. I like Salman Khan. I had uh, a good book too. Um, of course, David Goggins is pretty inspiring as well to watch. <laughs> to Especially as a runner, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, just a couple more questions, then I'll let you go because I know you're extremely busy and I appreciate your time. Um, for those computer science graduates that are looking to enter into a space that you're in, what would be your advice to them? Um, I would say just kind of define what your values are, um, and then commit to it. Um, so like if you, if you say that running is important to you, for example, um, then define that as a core value for yourself and really focus on that and measure it. And, um, what you measure, you, you often, um, optimize for and a corollary to that is what you, uh, be careful what you measure because you'll optimize for it unintentionally. Um, so, so yeah, I think probably that's the, the biggest thing. Um, uh, motivation like doesn't last long. Like uh, motivations for people that go to the gym that get a gym membership January first and stop working out by March, for example. Um, but if you really have core values, then you can always revisit those values. And for example, at five a.m. every morning, I don't always want to get up, but I just say I look and I say like this is a core value to me, and I I want to succeed at this, and I want to be good at this, so I'm going to do it. Um, and then it, it takes away the, the thinking about it, I guess. Mm -hmm. And, and those students that perhaps are like, would you recommend that they go like you did, like you, you worked for a few companies, had a startup, or do you recommend if they're looking to have a startup, just jump right into it? I would say it's definitely a good idea to get experience because otherwise you're going to be doing things, uh, non-optimally. Um, I actually started, I had co-op, I guess, in university, but then I went right into business. Um, and I definitely learned a lot from the, the follow-up companies that I went to. And I think that was, that's probably a better path is to work with people that, you know, that, that know what they're doing. And then, um, you can always branch off later, um, if you want to. And my, my final question for you, and I thank you for the advice for the, uh, computer science grads, cause I know uh, I have a few listeners that were interested. Um, yeah. what is next for brave software? Um, so I think just what I talked about earlier and just really allowing content on your browser to be consumed in different ways, content on search engines to be consumed in different ways and really um, being the user's agent, um, the browser is a user agent and uh, user wants to consume content and we should uh, present it in the most consumable way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And is there uh, like company growth that you're looking at? Are you trying to hire more employees? Yeah, um, I guess the North Star metric is is always uh, daily active users. So we just want to optimize for um, more and more uh, people using it. Um, 
employee count, I'd be perfectly happy. We have about 150 maybe people right now. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'd be perfectly happy if it's 250 forever. And actually, it, it, the, the smaller the better, I think. But um, we'll inevitably probably grow in, in employees over time as well, though. That's that's exciting, and I think it's even cooler that you're from Windsor Essex and started this this company. That um, I was I was out for dinner with a friend, and he was he was on Brave, and I said, "Did you know that the founder of this company is is from Windsor Essex?" They had no idea because you're super low key, Brian, and you, you um, uh, I I don't think you're you're out there screaming from the rooftop that you founded uh, Brave, but I think it's something that you should definitely. Uh, uh, talk more about. I mean, this was a, a great conversation, and there, there are so many computer programmers that are looking up to you. And I just appreciate your advice today. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thanks to everyone watching. If you missed this episode, visit coffeewithcraner.com to rewatch. Thanks so much, and we'll see you soon. All right. Cheers. Thanks. Bye.